0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's word. The question that I have for you this morning, those who are searching for the salvation of your soul, why seek ye the living among the dead? You want eternal life, why are you looking for it among a dead religion? Why are you looking for it from you who are dead in trespasses and sins? You must come to him who is the resurrection and the life. Amen. Church, I wish I, had the, I wish I had the words, I wish I had the vocabulary to tell you how much I love you, how much I care for you. Every time I see somebody come in the back door, maybe someone that I don't know at all or somebody that I don't know that well, I know that one day, I will give an account for your soul because you are here under my voice. And if I do not faithfully preach God's word, I will answer for that one day. And I have enough blood on my hands for all the times that I have refused to share God's word when I know I should have. I don't want your blood on mine. Life is so fragile. I could tell you of friends who were in the prime of their youth, who just, while doing laundry, fell down the stairs, went into a coma, and never came back again. I could tell of a friend that I saw at family reunions every now and then, a, more of an acquaintance, I guess you could say, but a young man, strong young man, got involved in the wrong crowd, thought he was invincible, had too much to drink one night, ran from the police, hit a curb with his motorcycle, Never woke up again. I can tell you of friends that I grew up with right now who are living in sin, who know better. And the direction they're going, I know it's not going to be long before I receive a phone call. I know it won't be long. It is but by the grace of God that you're here today and you have a chance to listen to the truth. Would you listen? I want us to make sure that we have all silent. Uh, we have silenced our cell phones, and that we can focus in on this text here. I, I find that word "reason" in Isaiah one eighteen to be very interesting. Let us reason together. The verb "reason" could mean several things, but when you see how it's used in the verse, when you look at the context of the passage, you'll understand that it means to correct or persuade using rational arguments. Every single parent in this room quickly learns how to reason with their children. If you are a parent in this room, you probably reasoned with your children this morning. I know I often have to reason with my children to correct them or persuade them using rational arguments. Because we know as adults why we do certain things in certain ways. But children do not understand that. And when children are young, parents simply say, don't do that. That's what I'm doing with my son right now. Just trying to teach him, no, you don't lick your hand and then touch the outlet. There's danger in that. (laughs) No, you don't lick the outlet. Everything has to do with the outlet. Have you ever noticed that? I have seen many things in my life that I have considered to look delicious. I don't know that I've ever considered a wall outlet one, but (laughs) considering my son's father, I cannot give him too much trouble. But anyways, as they grow older, we want them to start thinking things through for themselves. We We want them to start seeing the logic, to see the reason behind why certain things are done in certain ways. So instead of just saying, don't do that, we invite them into a discussion where we can correct them or we can persuade them using rational arguments so that they can start making better decisions for themselves. That is reasoning with somebody. Tell you a story. I don't remember exactly how old we were, but my brother is three years older than me, and my dad bought us these beginner compound bows. And with the bows, he got us some styrofoam targets. And those worked for a day or so, but then we started to get bored. And so we started taking our compound bows. And we would draw them back all the way and we would point them straight up in the air and let it go. And then we would just wait. Now, I will say that I was seven or eight. Give me a break. My brother was 11 or 12. He should have known better. He's Mr. Valedictorian. He was Mr. All that stuff. I never claimed to be smart. And my grades proved it. But we would shoot up in the air, and then we would just wait, and we would count, you know, one, two, three, four, shoot, <laughs> grab it again, shoot it up in the air. My dad found us doing this at one point. And he comes out, and he goes, boys, 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 come here. And we walk up, and he says, let's, let's think about this for a moment. Do you really think that this is a good idea? Blank stare. What if the arrow comes back down on your head? Valid point. What if it comes down on the house? All right, all right, two, two valid reasons. What if it comes down on the neighbor's house? Why don't you just use the styrofoam targets that I gave you? Don't you think that that would be a better idea? He was reasoning with us. Dad didn't have to do that. He was an adult and we were children. He could have very well come out and said, you're morons, stop doing what you're doing. And that would have been that. But in reasoning with us, he got us to think logically ourselves about the current situation. Dad already saw the danger in what we were doing. We were completely oblivious to it. Dad already saw it. So he invites us into a discussion. And in reasoning with us, we came to our own knowledge of how unsmart we were being. And therefore, we saw our need to change. In reasoning with us, he did that. This is exactly what's going on in Isaiah 1.18 between God and Israel. Israel has run away from God and they found themselves in a mess. Note... Every time you run from God, you'll find yourself in a mess. And by the way, He's everywhere. Where are you going to run? Where are you going to run, Jonah? When He tells those fishermen, I serve the God of the Hebrews who made the land and the sea. So you're running from Him on a boat. Where are you going to run? Every time you run from God, you're going to find yourself in a mess. Israel's running from God. They're in a mess. Israel has turned away from God, and they have turned to sin. They have served sin instead of God. Note, you will always serve something. We are not here in this world to rule. That is what eternity is for. We will rule and reign with Him. But right now, we will serve something. Hear me, you will either serve God or you will serve sin. But you will serve something. Israel chose to serve sin. Led him into a mess. Israel is right on the brink of severe punishment and horrible destruction. But it's like they don't even see it. Although they have ears, they don't hear God's word. Although they have eyes, they don't see God's love. Although they have minds, they're not using them. Typical Teenage, you know, kind of time right there. Even though they have hearts, they're so hardened, it would take a jackhammer to break them. Do you notice a lot of distractions going on today? It's all right, let's focus in. Let's focus in, that's all right. So God says, Let us reason together. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about your current situation. It's been around 3,000 years since God told that to Israel. He's saying that to you today. God wants to reason with you today. And if your answer is, I I don't need that, my question would be, "What, what is your reasoning? If your answer is, God has no point in reasoning with me, I'm already saved. No, no, no. We still have this flesh. We can still run from him. We can still find ourselves in a mess. We still find ourselves in a need of reasoning with the Lord. And in his mercy he does. He could just come and say that's it. But he doesn't. He invites us into a discussion. Man discussing with God. That is mercy. Beyond definition. I want to preach this morning on the subject of reasoning. Heavenly Father, please remove distractions. Lord, if the distractions are here for a purpose so that we can focus in, then Lord, bring the distractions. Let the roof leak. Let the building catch on fire. Lord, whatever atmosphere needs to come in order for us to hear your word, let us hear it. We trust this to your spirit and to your will. We ask this in your name. Amen. For those of you taking notes, here's what I'm asking you to do write down my five points and then put your pen away, and no more notes for the rest of the time. Reasoning. <clears throat> Point number one, the need of it. Number two, the participants of it. Number three, the goal of it. Number four, the start of it. Number five, the time of it. Yes, I will repeat that. The need. The participants, the goal, the start, the time of reasoning. Let's talk about the need of reasoning. The need that Israel had to reason with God is the same need that we have to reason with God. They were sinners, and we are sinners. They were sinners, we are sinners. And I know that this is deep, but sinners sin. Sinners sin often. It is in our nature. When sinners sin, sin always damages, sin always brings an adverse effect. Upon the sinner. Even the pleasure that sin brings hurts the sinner. If you could put it this way, sin always stains. And when sin stains, it stains deeply. Stains so deeply that it cannot be hidden. You cannot hide the scarlet stain of sin. You cannot hide the crimson stain of sin. You cannot hide the blood on your hands when you disobey God's law. We cannot deny the effects that sin has upon our life. Now people have become experts at ignoring the stains. People have become experts at belittling the stains. People often tell themselves that the stains of sin aren't that bad. Look at Brother Mark this morning. He spilled coffee all over his shirt. I thought, what a perfect illustration. Because he was going everywhere. We have shout wipes in the restroom because we just assume that men are going to make a mess when they come to church. We have shout wipes in the restroom. He was sitting there trying to get it off. Do coffee stains come out? I thought, what a perfect illustration of how many people find themselves stained with sin. And they spend their entire lives. Or they find somebody else who's stained more than they are and say, I'm just going to hang out with you. Because I'm not as bad as so-and-so. Or what the world has come to be so... The world has become so wicked, so evil... So prideful. God has made man upright. But we sin and we sin and we sin and we stain our garments red and scarlet and crimson and the world comes and say, let's just start a a red robe club. And we'll just say that this is the new norm. We'll call evil good and we'll call good evil. God help us. People often tell themselves, it's not that bad. And that's why God says, let's talk about that. Let's let's take time to listen to reason. Look. Look at what sin does to you. Look at what sin has done to this world. It took but 10 generations, church. From Adam being perfect in the garden, 10 generations to Noah, where every single person on earth saved Noah and his family. Only 10 generations to go from perfect to the thoughts and imaginations of their heart only being evil continually. 1,000 years, that was it. Look at what sin has done to this world. Look at what sin does to marriages. Look at what it does to relationships. Look at what it does to friendships. Look at what it does to families. We pick up kids every day. Every Sunday who come to church and their families are torn apart by sin. Sin that people justify throughout the week. Look at what sin does to to minds and to hearts and to bodies. How many of you are still dealing with physical effects because of the sin of your past? Because your body, even your body knows sin is not natural. You know what a hangover is? That is your body saying what you did last night is unnatural. When your body has an adverse effect to, to something. When you truly look at sin, we can't deny the hurt it brings. We can't deny the stain it leaves. Your sins are as scarlet, crimson. And we're all sinners. Am I telling you anything that you don't know? There is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yes, 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 yes. Amen, 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 amen. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy to say we're sinners. You know why? Because we all are. We're all in this big boat of sin. But it's hard to look at just how deep the stain of sin has gone. It's hard to admit just how dark, just how much it stains our lives. But we must look at it. We need to see how deep the stain has gone. It is only then we'll see that we need to change. It is only then that we'll see, change has to come to me. Are you going to stand before God one day with those stains on your hands and on your garments? Do you believe he'll look past them? Do you believe that a a holy God will look past the stains of sin that put his son on the cross? No, 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 a thousand times no, we must change. But how, how can we change? Dark is the stain that we cannot hide. What can avail to wash it away? Deep the stain that soiled man's nature long the distance that he fell. Far removed from hope in heaven into deep despair in hell. The need for reasoning is clear. The stain of sin is deep. But who can help us? Who will help us? How many times have you found somebody willing to help you but unable? How many times have you found somebody able to help you but unwilling? Who can and will? Let us reason together, saith the Lord. The participants of this reasoning must be you and God. The Lord calls us to reason together with him, but many other things call for us to reason with them also. There are many other people in this life that call for us to reason with them also. Religion calls for you to reason with it. Religion says, let me show you how you can remove the stains of sin. But you will find out sooner or later that the way religion wants you to remove your stains is unreasonable. Religion says you can remove the stain of sin by being a good person. Be sure your good works outweigh your bad works and the stain will be removed. But when you see the Bible say, now that sounds good to us, doesn't it? Don't I want to be a good person? So when you hear somebody say, no, being a good person doesn't take any time, do you not want us to be good people? Of course, but okay, okay, let's have a little honesty this morning, because I can't help people who are not honest. Raise your hand if you're a good person. Come on, I know myself. I know things about myself I never want you to know. Because right now, you might think I'm a good person. I don't want you to understand that I'm not. Because, okay, your good works need to outweigh your bad works. All right, I'm young, I'm 29 years old, I've got got the majority of my life still to go according to the balance of probability. All right, I'm really going to work super hard to make sure that my good works outweigh my bad works. All it takes is one person to cut me off in traffic, and there goes that goal, at least for the next five minutes. But it's amazing how much sin you can accomplish in five minutes when you really try. (laughs) The good works to outweigh the bad works. But then you read your Bible and it says even the thought of foolishness is sin. When that person didn't cut me off, I didn't let them in on the thoughts of what I was doing like other people let me in on their thoughts. We've created symbols for each other so that you can know from a distance I don't do any of that, but even the thought of foolishness is sin. How are the, what? Okay, don't, don't, don't let curse words fly at people. All right, just, mm, that's it, that's it. If you never want to sin with your mouth again, it's very simple, just don't talk for the rest of your life. That's very simple, just don't talk. In a multitude of words, there it's not sin. I could, go, I could go up to a doctor and say, I don't want to sin with my mouth anymore. Cut out my tongue. I could go up to a doctor and say, I don't want to sin with my eyes anymore. Take my eyes out. I don't want my feet taking me anywhere. Just, just cut them off. But how do you stop this? Even the thought of foolishness is sin. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. You have heard them say of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. Isn't that simple? Don't commit adultery. Get married, stay married. But Jesus said, Whosoever looketh upon a woman with lust hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And religion says, just make sure your good works outweigh your bad works and everything will be good. I have one word for that unreasonable. who can ever live their life in a way where their good will outweigh their bad? So then the priests and the Pope comes up to us and says, why don't we reason together? El Papa, let's reason together. El Papa, who is saying that men can marry men and women can marry women. Congratulations, El Papa. You just went against El Shaddai. Good luck. The priest and the Pope come up to reason with us and say, Confess your sins to me, and the stains of sin will be removed. How is confessing our sins to another sinner going to fix the stains of sin? When I go up to a priest and say, I've got stains on me, and I look at him and say, well, well, so do you. I don't need somebody whose robes are just as stained as mine to try to teach me how to remove stains. If you knew how to remove stains, why are you stained? It's unreasonable. So then our pride calls us to reason with it. Our pride says you can erase the stain of sin on your own. You don't need religion. You don't need anybody. You don't need anything. You can do it yourself through inner strength and power of will you can overcome the stains of sin. How how unreasonable is that? We're the first ones to see how weak sin makes us. We are the first ones to know that when we come face to face with sin, we often lose. How many times has our willpower fleet away in a moment of temptation? How often does our strength fail us when the devil rears his ugly head? It is pride that leads us into sin, not out of it. It's pride that helps to stain us, not to cleanse us. It's pride that makes us a devil, not a disciple. Let us reason together, saith the Lord. Why won't you come to him? Why won't you come to him? Why do you go everywhere else but to him? I heard a preacher's, preacher say, you know, we, we have all this, all these activists, and all these groups right now because we want clean air and clean oceans and clean buildings. Everyone's about clean, 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 clean. Why are we settling for a dirty religion? That was a good question from that preacher. Why won't you come to him? You're in darkness. Why won't you come to the light? You're dead in sin. Why won't you come to the resurrection and the life? You're lost. Why won't you come to the Savior? You're stained. Why won't you come to the cleanser? Only God can say. Only God can say. Let us reason together and though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That's the goal in God reasoning with sinners. He wants to save your soul. He wants to make you clean. He wants all your sins to be taken away. Religion has never cleansed a sin. Good works have never bleached a stain. Sacraments have never paid for sin. They've just wasted time. Pride has never made a saint, but God with all confidence says to you, let us reason together and I will do what nobody else could ever do. I can do for you in a moment what would take religion, eternity and eternity and eternity again, just to fail in doing. I can take every stain of sin upon your life and wash it away as if it was never there. Praise the Lord for full salvation. God still reigns upon the throne, and I know the blood still reaches deeper than the stain has gone. As far as the east is from the west, So far hath he removed our transgressions from us, and God promises their sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. Go ahead, Satan, be an accuser of the brethren. Tell the Lord what I did this morning. God will say, I don't remember it. Not because he can't, but because he won't. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputeth not sin, I will stand before God one day with not one blot of stain on my record because of Jesus Christ and what he did for me. And we're going to sit down here in this life and reject him and turn from him and go to the same sin and go to other sinners who are just as stained as we are and expect to be made clean. God says, I'll make it whiter than snow. Isn't that what you've been looking for? Isn't that why you've sought religion in the first place? Isn't that what your heart desires most? Are you happy in your sin? Are you happy with how much victory sin has over you? How much power it has over you? Isn't that what your heart, your inmost heart desires? For your sin to be gone. For the stains to be removed. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Sounds too good to be true. What's the catch? Is the question many people ask. Sounds too good to be true. But friend, there is nothing more true than this. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Think of all the things and the people that you have reasoned with in order to be clean. Think of all the days you've spent looking for cleansing from your sin. But every person, everything that you have looked to, you have found their requirements to be unreasonable. Here's God's requirement. Come. Come. Is that unreasonable? The need of reasoning, well, you're stained. The participants, it's got to be you and God. The goal is for the stain to be gone. The start of it, you come to me, God says. Why won't God come to us? He did. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus came from glory and he lived a sinless life and he died, not for his own sin, not because he was stained, but because we were stained. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. But when he shed his blood, With his stripes, we are healed. He died to prove his love. He rose again to prove his power. And now he's calling to you as he has been calling to sinners for years. He's calling to you, come. Is that an unreasonable request? God came to you in flesh. Why won't you come to him in faith? God came to you to die. Why won't you come to him for life evermore? God came to you as a spotless lamb. Why won't you come to him to be made spotless? If your answer is no, I won't come, what is your reasoning? Where is your reasoning? Who would you rather reason with? He has made it so simple. Come. He's calling to you. And notice with me, he's calling to you now. Come now. God never cleanses tomorrow. God never works later. God works now. You hear him calling now. Who's to say he will ever call you again? Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Hear me well. While God is merciful enough to reason with you, and he is loving enough to die for you, and he is powerful enough to cleanse you, he will not force you to come to him. It's your choice and yours alone. He invites you to reason with him today, and every day you push him away is one more day to repent of and one less day to repent in. Spurgeon said, it's not that people choose to reject Christ forever. They just choose to reject him today. It's not that they want to continue in sin forever. They just want to continue in sin today. It's not that they want to be damned for all of eternity. They just want to keep on going in what they're doing today. But God says, Come now. Come now. You must be willing and obedient to believe. Look at verse 19. If you be willing and obedient, You shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Come now. If you can tell me a better time than now, if you can tell me a better time than now, I'll back away. If you wait, are you waiting until you're better? You'll never come. Each day without God makes us worse, not better. If you choose to rebel and refuse, you may never hear God's call again because your heart will never be more tender than it is today. Come now. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. He has the cleansing you've been looking for. Jesus can cleanse what all other people have made worse. Come now, Jesus will be your savior. Refuse and rebel, one day he'll be your judge. Come now, he'll make all things new. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you leave this place with the stains of sin still on your life, it will be because you refused to hear and you rebelled against God and his word. But you can leave here cleansed you be willing and obedient, come now. If you miss God by one moment, you miss him for all eternity. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.